Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together, verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along, and if not, no problem, we'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. We're back on Monday, and uh, everybody's better from bronchitis, um, which we were dealing with last week. Um, today we are in Hosea. We'll be looking at chapter 2, uh, verse 1 through 16, and as we um, started Last uh, time, we started this book of Hosea. We have this prophet, very much like Jeremiah. Hosea is a prophet in the northern kingdom, uh, warning the people um, uh, that if you don't turn your ways, God is going to punish this nation. Jeremiah was saying the same thing in the south, warning in the southern kingdom. Both of these prophets, emotional men, both of these prophets having to deal with with emotional times, having to see, having to witness the fall of their beloved nation. Both of these uh, instances, God is pouring his heart out in so many ways to let the prophets know how he feels so that the prophets can let the people know in very visual terms how God is feeling. And in many times, Jeremiah acted out how God was feeling so that the people could see. And he also um, gave names to his children and and did things with his children to show uh, the people these things. I think Isaiah did that too. Hosea also has been given this command to get married, but also, God has warned him that marriage is going to be bad because the, the, there's nobody left. There appears to be nobody left who's faithful um, to marry, for you to marry. Your first child is going to be a boy, but name him God sows, and he's going to represent what God started in the land of Israel. And uh, <clears throat> what a loving husband does with a loving wife is having a child, starting a family, what you, the seed that you plant. That's sort of like the nation Israel and the, the offspring of the nation. Um, and God many times refers to himself as the bridegroom and the nation Israel as the bride. And that's to sort of say, this is the manner that I love you. This is how much love I have for you. Even though the, 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 
the person that you're going to be marrying is probably not going to be faithful, is probably, does probably not have the ability to live up to the standard of the marriage vow, you know? And, and so you, the people could see that. That's how much God loves us. We were not able to live up to the marriage vow, to live up to the vows. And that's the old law. The people could not keep God's commands. And so the first child is going to be born out of wedlock. So this um, child's name is going to be Rohamiah, and that means no compassion. And so this daughter, uh, the, the father's not going to have any compassion. It's not going to have any ability to... Um, uh, forgive this child because this child's not the, even the father. Uh, uh, I mean, not even the 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 the, um, the groom, the husband, is not even the father of this child because this child was born out of wedlock. And then the next child born out of uh, wedlock is no lo amahi, and that uh, God tells uh, Hosea to name this child, not my people. Again, this is another acknowledgement uh, among the people. Hosea would acknowledge to the people that this child is not even his child. And that's basically what God is saying, that these children, these offspring, are not even my children. I'm not the father, because if I was the father, these children would be obeying me. But I'm not the father. Why? Because the, the, the father of these children were born in sin. So just like Gomer, Hosea's wife, was so unfaithful and has these children... Uh, in illegitimate relationships, um, it's just like the, the 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 nation Israel. The offspring are just going to be offspring of illegitimate relationships. Children born in sin, and they're going to be paying the price for the sins of their fathers and their mothers. And so God's going to say, "I'm not going to have anything to do with these people." They are not my people, and I'm not your God. And so this is a prophecy of what's going to happen on all these uh, sinful generations of people. And then the prophecy flips, like we said last time. Then God's going to say, but I'm not through with you. I am going to be your God, and you will be my people. And yet, and you're going to be so many um, like the sand of the sea. And you're not only going to be called my people, you're going to be called children of the living God. So it ends on a really upbeat note in chapter 1. But chapter 1 is just a powerful thing. I mean, like we were saying last time, can you imagine if you're Hosea? Can you imagine like being told... Uh, you're going to have to get married. You're going to have to start a family. And, you know, your wife is not even going to be faithful to you. And she's going to have children uh, born out of wedlock, born in sin. And you're going to have to be, you're going to have to deal with this. You're going to have to try to raise these. You're going to have to go to try to find your wife, you know, and or experience the loss of of your wife. And what are you going to do about that? What are you going to do with these children? And it it really does make you search your own soul. You know, this is what God 
was having to put up with with the whole nation. People who don't love you back. People born in sin. People who are just on their own have rejected you and everything that you have provided. And so this is to illustrate God's tremendous, tremendous love. So let's go into chapter 2, verse 1. Say to your brothers, You are my people, and to your sisters you have received mercy. So this is... um, sort of the conclusion, I think, of chapter 1. But as we go to verse 2, this is um, now looking back to deal with unresolved sin. So in light of all this, in light of this prophecy saying, eventually you're going to be my people, and you're eventually going to be my children, He's saying now, in light of this to the nation of Israel, this is a prophecy to warn the nation, plead with your mother, plead, for she is not my wife and I am not her husband, that she put her away her whoring from her face and her adultery from between her breasts, lest I strip her naked and make her as in the day she was born and make her like a wilderness and make her like a parched land, and kill her with thirst. Okay? Turn around and beg the nation. Beg, beg this, the, the, the unfaithful bride to be faithful. God will punish you. God will have to judge the nation Israel for your unfaithfulness. There will be a future population that is going to be God's people. The nation will turn. In order to get that mercy and to get that um, resolution with God, to be right with God, you've got to ask for forgiveness. He's waiting to forgive you. And he has so much more to give you than you're trying to get right now. Plead with your mother. <clears throat> he's, he's saying to the, to the children, it's time to plead with the mother. Verse 4, Upon her children also I will have no mercy, because they are children of whoredom. For their mother has played the whore. She who can conceive them has acted shamefully. For she said, I will go after my lovers who give me my bread and my water, my wool and my flax, my oil and my drink. Therefore, I will hedge her up. I will hedge up her way with thorns. So God says the children born in sin are going to be judged just like the parents. They're just like the mother who conceives in sin. And so this is, um, again, this reference sort of this imagery, this really strong imagery of whoredom. It's like a spiritual adultery. Spiritually, the nation Israel was unfaithful to God. They were turning to Baal worship. They were turning to all kinds of idols. Everything uh, against God. And so because of that, as the children are reared up in these homes, they're worshiping 
um, you know, Baal. All the generation, unfortunately, has to suffer the, the mistakes of the parents. How important it is to be a parent, to set your child on the right path, to set your child on the right way, to teach them the Word of God. Wow. I just, so convicting. We can't take that for granted. We just can't. We just can't take that for granted. Mm-mm-mm. Look at what, you know, the opportunities to allow a young child, a growing child, to grow in their faith, and you miss it. Mm. Wow. Therefore, I will hedge up her way with thorns. Verse 6, and I will build a wall against her so that she cannot find her paths. God's going to God's going to change and intervene in circumstances. You think God's not in control? You think God's not sovereign and you can just do anything you want? You can't. God is going to punish you. God is going to judge and he's showing this nation here through Hosea. Hosea is prophesizing to them and he's putting it in a way just like you would, you know, in his own life. He's showing what's going to happen to this. It's like a story of an unfaithful bride that people can relate to. It's like Hosea's own life that people can relate to. And it's prophecy that people can relate to. And we can relate to it too. Verse 7, She shall pursue her lovers, but not overtake them. And she shall seek them, but shall not find them. She shall say, I will go and return to my first husband, for it was better for me than now. She's going to look for for things. She's going to try to look for help, but she's not going to find help anymore. And she's going to be desperate. And then she's going to say to herself, I'm going to return because it was better for me with the old husband. Verse 8, And she did not know that it was I who gave her the grain, the wine, the oil, who lavished on her silver and gold, which they used for Baal. Therefore I will take back my grain in its time, and my wine in its season, and I will take back my wool and my flax, which they were to cover her nakedness. Now I will uncover her lewdness in the sight of her lovers, and no one shall rescue her out of my hand, and I will put an end to all her mirth, her feasts, her new moons, her Sabbaths, and all her appointed feasts. In other words, she's going <clears> to... <throat> her, her party is, is getting ready to dry up. <clears throat> and then she doesn't understand that even though she had it good for a while, all of those things were allowed to be there by God, but now God is getting ready to take them away. God's in control. You think when you turn from God and you you know, go your own way and you're living in sin and you feel like, oh, life is really good, that you're doing it on your own. No, God is allowing those things to occur. Just like He allows those things to occur in this woman who thinks she's in control. But just with a turn of the 
turn of God's plan, now those things dry up. And now the woman gets desperate. And she's looking around for, well, maybe I ought to go back. You know? <clears throat> but her heart's not changed, you see. She says, you know, she's thinking, I'm maybe I got to go back because things were better than the old you know, under the old circumstance, under my old husband, you know, or the old man, or, you know, whoever it was that I was, or my original person that I, that I started being unfaithful to in the first place. She was making those decisions or thinking about that because uh, her possessions were drying up from the, the illegitimate relationships. You see, God wants a heart change. God doesn't want people to look for him just because of, you know, possessions. Verse 12, so he judges her. I will lay waste her vines and her fig trees on which she said, These are my wages which my lovers have given me. I will make them a forest and the beasts of the fields shall devour them. Okay? All those possessions that used to bring in income, all those possessions that we take pride in, boom, gone. Everything is temporary. We think things will last in our own lives too, don't we? Your money, your power, your prestige, your possessions, all that stuff. You think you've worked a long time and you've you've earned a lot, or you think you're a pretty important person, or you think you're, you know, <clears throat> you've got things figured out. <clears throat> or you think you're just at a good spot, you know? Maybe you have a nice car. Maybe you have a nice house. Think that's good enough? It's all very temporary. And in a blink of an eye, it can be nothing more than an overgrown forest (laughs) or being devoured by other people or other beasts. Verse 13, And I will punish her for the feast, days of the Baals, which she burnt offerings to them and adorned herself with the ring and jewelry and went after her lovers and forgot me, declares the Lord. Okay, so references to spiritual idolatry as well as marital unfaithfulness, all of that will be punished. The Lord's mercy on Israel, therefore I will... Therefore, behold, I will allure her and bring her into the wilderness and speak tenderly to her. Now, again, the prophecy flips. God says he's going to judge. And then, at some point, after this punishment, it looks like there's a purpose to this punishment. Because after this punishment... After this time's over, the woman gets brought into the wilderness and will now hear God speaking or the husband speaking. Perhaps she had to go through something really hard in order to hear. Verse 15, And there I will give her her vineyards and make the Valley of Achor, a door of hope. The Valley of Achor was a, sign, a place of military defeat. But this Valley of Achor is going to be, he's going to go from a, a place of defeat to a door of hope. 
okay? And how many of us have ever had a really bad defeat? <clears throat> Did you get a bad defeat in college or in school or a bad defeat at work or a bad defeat in your personal life with your family, a bad defeat in your health, um, just a bad defeat in, in something you really wanted to have happen and it, and it failed, a bad defeat where you got where you failed, <clears throat> or you made a big mistake and you let yourself down, you let somebody else down. Something tragic happened. We've all had a bad defeat. And if you haven't had a bad defeat like this, you will have a bad defeat at some point. Everyone gets feels down or defeated. <clears throat> but God says, I'm going to use what you've gone through to show you that you can hear me now. That you can hear me a lot cl more clearly. Why? Because I've used some of this punishment for your own good. I've been able to reset your heart so that you can get all your agenda out of your own heart and start listening to me. Because if you'd been listening to me in the first place, you wouldn't have had to go through all that. If you were listening to me in the first place, you wouldn't have made those mistakes possibly. It's not to say that bad things won't happen to good people or to Christians or to, to any of us, bad things will. But remember, when we were studying Hebrews, Hebrews back in chapter 12, um, verse 5, My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by Him. For the Lord disciplines the one He loves and chastises every son whom he receives. Now that's Hebrews quoting Proverbs chapter 3, 11 and 12. <clears throat> that's really good to remember. The Lord will discipline those he loves. <clears throat> so the discipline, verse 10, for. For they disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them, but He disciplines us for our good, that we may share His holiness. So the nation Israel is going to have to be disciplined, just like this woman is being disciplined. And there she shall answer, as in the days of her youth, as at the time when she came out of the land of Egypt. When people were coming out of the land of Egypt, they were being released from their slavery, and they were listening to God. Verse 16, And in that day, declares the Lord, you will call me my husband, and no longer will you call me my Baal. My Baal is sort of another reference to saying my Lord, but it meant my Baal. It was... It was um, <clears throat> they were calling Baal the Lord. And so, um, instead of calling the Lord Baal, you'll 
call him my husband. This is this reference to um, this marriage again, this the spirituality of the nation Israel's relationship with God, but also in a, in within the context of a marriage. This prophecy from Hosea is talking about that one day God is going to restore the nation just like he's going to restore this marriage. So, um, again, he talks about the fact that this punishment is going to be necessary for the nation's discipline so that the nation's heart can change just like the heart in a marriage. So for me to all of you, we'll, we'll stop here. God bless you. We'll see you next time. I'll turn the rest of the podcast over to my co-host in Zambia, Matali. Matali, I would love to hear what you have to do with this. This is really a nice study. I'm really enjoying uh, studying Hosea. It's really uh, convicting me in so many ways and teaching me in so many ways. God bless you all. We'll see you tomorrow. Hello. So today's teaching is coming from Hosea chapter 2, beginning at verse 1 all the way to verse 16. So in our last study, we saw, you know, five prophecies concerning the nation Israel. So the first prophecy that was mentioned is, you know, there is going to be an increase in the population, um, you know, of... Um, you know, the people in that nation, the nation Israel. And, you know, we have seen on plenty of occasions, you know, in history and all, and, you know, in what we've read about and what we see on the news, we have seen lots of occasions um, where they have, you know, the people in that nation have been practically exterminated as a people on the face of the earth. You know, they're just near extinction. Near extinction. But, you know, they continue as a nation. They're still existing in as much as they've been displaced from, you know, their home, their country. They still continue as a nation. And, um, you know, this is for the future blessings are, that are actually promised to them. So that's the first prophecy that we saw. So God's not through that nation. You know, that nation is still going on, you know, in as much as they are scattered everywhere in the world. But they continue as a nation. And the second prophecy that we saw is in the place where God said, you know, you are not my um, people. They were going to be, you know, called the sons of the living God. And um, this is, you know, there is going to be, um, there is coming um, a time in history um, where the nation, you know, in future is actually all going to turn to um, Christ. Because here we saw um, in chapter 2, verse 10, it said, Yet the number of children of Israel shall be as the sand of the sea, so they shall increase, which cannot be measured or numbered, so they're going to increase. And it shall come to pass in the place where I said to them, You are not my people. Um, there shall there it shall be said to them you are sons of the living god so you know in that particular country you know the country is not theirs right now where they are but and in that particular place where they were actually called you know according to prophecy here where god had actually said you know you're not my people you're not my you're not my people um they're going to come back there's going to be a great revival they're going to come back and 
um, they will be called the sons of the living God. So that time is actually coming when there's going to be that great revival, that conversion, and um, they will be a great turning to God as a nation in the future. So the southern and the northern kingdom and all the 12 tribes are going to actually be joined together in one nation. And today, you know, there is no harmony. And as much as there was the going back of the people, um, you know, there was um, countries that made it possible, like Britain and the United States, they made it possible and, you know, said, you know, these people actually have a place, a home. Uh, in as much as, you know, today, you know, they went back and were given a part or a piece of their land, but they were not given everything. You know, there is no harmony in Israel. We can see that. There's no, you know, that peace. We can see that if we see the news. So they will have one ruler, you know, when they all converge back and have, you know, um, and, and, and turn to God, they're going to have one ruler and that is the Messiah. So now we have in uh, verse 2, sorry, chapter 2, verse 1, it reads, So to your brethren, my people, so here it says, um, to your brethren, that's Ami, um, my people, and to your sisters, mercy is shown. So here, um, your sisters, meaning uh, Ru. Hamala. Um, so he said that, you know, you were not my people. Just uh, the previous verse I had read, uh, that was chapter 1, verse 10. It had said, you're not my people. And the day is coming when you will say, you know, when God will say, you know, you're um, sons of the living God. And he's not true with the nation Israel for those people who are constantly arguing that God is done with that nation. He's not true. He still has a plan for them. You know, um, because they were once called, they were once, you know, um, not pitied. And um, they were, um, you know, In if we go to verse 8 of chapter 1, it says, Now she had weaned law ruhama, law ruhama, she conceived and bore the son. Then God said, um, call him Loami for you are not my people. But God's going to go back and, and, and say, you know, then uh, the, once I had said they are not my people, but now they are uh, sons of the living God. So Ami means not my people and Lo-Ru-Hama, um, it's... Uh, means you know i will no longer have mercy it's, it's, it's having you know no mercy and no pity on them so now um now here in verse 2 it's saying for say to your brethren that's um army uh, my people and to your sister uh loru hama um, I will show mercy. Verse 2 goes on to read, um, Bring charges against your mother. Bring charges, for she is not my wife, nor am I her husband. Let her put away her hollow trees from her sight and her adulteries from between her breasts. So here, um, you know, it's talking about contending. 
you know, um, bring charges, contend. So contend with your mother, bring charges, you know, against your mother. So it suggests that there is, you know, a contention that is going on because she, that was Goma, she went back to practicing prostitution and was unfaithful to him. And if we do that, if we make it an application in that day or in today's um, life, you know, um, there is a lot of spiritual idolatry. You know, there is a lot of replacing God with the earthly things. You know, God is so gracious and so good to us every day. But, you know, we are still in contention with him. Verse 3 of um, Hebrews chapter 2 goes on to read, Least I strip her naked and expose her as in the day she was born and make her like a wilderness and set her like a dry land and slay her with thirst. So here now Hosea is turning to the nation Israel. That's what he's talking about. So he's relating his life, what he's going through. And he's making an application. He's applying it to the nation. So the girl he had married had become a harlot. Right? She was unfaithful to him. And that must have been like really sad and confusing to him. And after they had three children, she goes back to practicing harlotry. Even if, you know, the husband loves her and, you know, uh, loved her. So there is, you know, there is no sin that's as great as being unfaithful to somebody who loves you you know to god who loves you and you know who redeems us so god says you know here that he intends to judge the nation and hosea here is saying that he intends to have her stoned so if we're making an application to hosea's life he actually intends because back in the mosaic law if you commit adultery you get stoned in public so his intention was to have her stoned if she continues with this type of life. So it's, it's like looking at her, like why would she be going to harlotry? It's, it's like, um, you know, what is she following? Um, you know, I'd like to assume that, you know, Hosea was a humble man who didn't have that much money. And this is why she kept on running off to harlotry. But Isaiah still loved her and he got her back. He kept getting her back. And, you know, this is an application to the Lord, you know, then with the nation Israel and the Lord today. If we look at the way we're living our lives today, the way we keep leaving God out of it, but God keeps getting us back because we're his children and he loves us. He just wants to get us back. And, you know, there's nothing as painful as, you know, loving somebody only for them to actually turn around and just be unfaithful. Um, verse 4 goes on to read, I will not have mercy on her children, for they are the children of harlotry. So here, you know, the application is to the individuals in the nation. So God will judge them, actually. And God is going to judge us today, like one by one. And, you know, we're supposed to go to him and, you know, name our sins one by one. And the nation has gone into idolatry. So the individuals have gone into idolatry also. It's not only just the nation. They have defiled the nation so they are um, committing spiritual adultery and God will judge them. Look at the land there today. It's like, you know, you can see God's judgment upon the land. Verse 5 goes on to read, For their mother has played the harlot. She who conceived them 
has behaved shamefully for she said i will go after my lovers who have who give me my bread and my water my wool and my linen my oil and my drink so now here you know she is doing it for money you know for material things and you know there is money in prostitution today it's like the biggest racketeering business there is a lot of money and you know israel had turned to idols and that's spiritual idolatry that's spiritual uh, adultery so you know you turn from god to give yourself to the things of the world and that's what israel was doing and then you know you're a harlot that's you know that's the best description so israel was giving um idols credit for providing for them when god is the one who actually had been taking care of them and today there is a lot um of um ingratitude amongst us today you know just the simple things like you know the air that we breathe the fact that we're able to wake up um you know we tend to take that for granted you know there's a lot of ingratitude towards god even from you know amongst god's children even from amongst believers so god gives us so so much you know we tend to think we tend to do everything on our own strength and our own understanding but you know without realizing without god we are nothing you know god gives us the strength to wake up every day god gives us good health god gives us the sun the water god gives us the jobs because he gave us the brain to think so god has been so so good to us every day and the worst sin you know the worst sins are actually committed by us god's children actually not by somebody who doesn't even know the word of god it's just by us because we've heard the word of god that committed by us who are ungrateful and this is you know this is not a popular message today this is not something that you find a pastor preaching in church and you know saying we are all harlots and ungrateful little um you know monsters that's not a popular message that you're going to find that's being preached but you know if you actually think about it every morning when you think how are you grateful are you thankful for just waking up for being able to see walk breathe you know for being able to use that clean water to take a bath and to just you know to do everything like are we grateful for the strength that god has given us are we grateful for you know the the knowledge that god has been able to give give us the reasoning are we grateful for that or are we just these ungrateful spoiled children verse 6 goes on to read therefore behold i will hedge up your way with thorns and war her in so here god speaks to us in judgment so if we look around us with what's going on um you know there's, we can see God's judgment all over. You know, there's famines, there's pestilences, there's epidemics and there's pandemics, there's wars. And there was World War One and World War Two. God's judgment is going all around. There's like, you know, all these climate changes that are going on, that are happening today. You know, we have wildfires in Australia. We have floods um, in Mozambique. Um, you know, we have, you know, extreme cold temperatures, you know, cold vortexes. Um, we have extremes of everything you know where everybody is being affected you know animals are getting extinct because of um the crazy climate changes that are going on around the world and you know all around look around us you know god's judgment is around us 
verse 7 goes on to read she will chase her lovers but not overtake them yes she will seek them but not find them then i will say i will go and turn or then sorry then she will say i will go and turn to my first husband for then it was better for me than now so here you know there comes a time there comes a day when the harlot is not as pretty anymore and finds herself being put out and that's what was happening to the nation israel and if we apply it in today's life you know you may be a star and popular today but you know one day it's gonna come you know when you won't be so popular anymore when no one will want you know you will want your company anymore when no one will need you anymore because now you're old and tired and you know some younger prettier person has come in place and um now you want to go back to you know because you've been put out now you want to go back to your real friends or your, you know like your your, your you want to go back to god and um verse 8 goes on to read for she did not know that i gave her grain new wine and oil and multiplied her silver and gold which they prepared for baal Therefore, I will return and take away my grain in its time and my new wine in its season and will take back my wool and my linen given to cover her nakedness. So God said he will judge and God's judgment always comes. You know, sometimes we get to call it karma if we make an application in today's life, you know. Um, for me, I always believe, you know, God's time is the best time. You know, you can't just get by doing things. You can't just get by hurting people. You just can't get by, you know, um, doing, you know, acting a certain way and treating people a certain way. Um, and, you know, God's judgment, we can see God's judgment today. And eventually, eventually starts catching up. You know, there's been so many stories around that I get to see, like, okay, you know, you know, you do something today, you're going to reap what you sowed. I mean, if you sow wild oats today you're gonna reap wild oats there's no way you're gonna wheat reap barley or rice no you are going to sow what you reap because you know do not be deceived god's not mocked verse 10 goes on to read now i will uncover her lewdness in the sight of her lovers and no one shall deliver her for from my hand verse 11 i will also cause her I will also cause all her mirth to cease, her feast days, her new moons, her Sabbaths, all her appointed feasts. Verse 12 goes on to read, And I shall destroy her vines and her fig trees, of which she had said, These are my wages that my lovers have given me. So I will make the, them a forest, and the beasts of the field shall eat them. Verse 13, I will punish her for the days of the um, the bales to which she burned and um, incense. She decked herself with her earrings and jewelry and went after her lovers. But me, she forgot, says the Lord. So here now, you know, we see the greatest sin in all of the world is to forget God you know you just forget God You're just ungrateful you know God shows us so much love so much grace and you just turn from God and you know you forget 
you know, the spiritual idolatry, the things that we tend to worship, it's actually God who gave to us and we just turn away from him. So verse 14 goes on to read, Therefore, behold, I will allure her, will bring her into the wilderness and speak comfort to her. I will give her my vineyard. I will give her her vineyards from here and the valley of Achor as an as a door of hope. She shall sing there and in the days of her youth as in the day when she came up from the land of Egypt. So now here um in the valley of Achor that you know that's where the children of Israel actually suffered a great defeat at um Ea when you know they entered into the land you know and um with Joshua so they had to you know ferret out that particular sin that was finally found in the household of Achan and it had to be judged and God says here you know right where I judge your sin I'm going to bless you so God actually blessed them where he actually judged them. So God intends to actually restore that nation. This is not a fulfillment of prophecy yet. Prophecy is yet to be fulfilled. And, you know, he will give them a door of hope. And today, you know, the Arabs have this particular land. You know, that's where Joseph was buried. They have this particular land. And they don't have, you know, the the. the the Israelites don't have that land today. Despite them going back to the land, they don't have that land. And prophecy has not yet been fulfilled here. So, verse 16 reads, And it shall be in that day, says the Lord, that you will call me my husband and no longer call me my master so here the day will come when you shall call me my husband so this speaks of that which is intimate it speaks of that which is personal it's based on love you know it's the highest relationship amongst men so you know the secret is actually love so when you have this in a marriage in a relationship you know when we have that love you have everything and you can work out, you know, no matter what problems you go through, you can work out your financial problems or how to deal with your kids, you know, just how to deal with the problems every day, your children, you can just work out everything. So it's wonderful to actually have a relationship with the Lord because Christ is ours and are we claiming himself, him for ourselves? He is ours. And the important thing is, you know, a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, you know, it says, you shall call me my husband and not um, not my master. So, you know, when you attain this love relationship with God and, you know, you infuse it in whatever relationship you have, you know, in, 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 in marriage, um, it's beautiful. It's, it's something personal. We, you know, love conquers all. It can um, sort out um, so many issues um, no matter what the problem is you know because we have infused christ who is love in our relationships in our marriages so yeah this is today's teaching thank you all for listening and god bless and have a pleasant day bye-bye